And it is another edition of Hoops Adjacent on the Athletic NBA Show. David Aldrich here in D.C. where we allegedly have an NBA team. Marcus is in the Bay. And our guest who saw that bloodletting in, in Philly last night. I'm in, I'm in her old stomping grounds. You know what I'm saying? Know, uh, I'm, I'm where she's, she deserted. She, <laughs> she went for the Bucks. I am not mad at her. She went for the title. Good for her. <laughs> she went for all of it. And I respect that. <laughs> Thank you. Went for the work. Went for the work, Marcus. I love it. Hey, you you earned it, so I'm I'm glad. It's, I'm you. I'm a Philly fan anyway, so it's great to hear you. It's it's perfect. I can't perfect believe, setup. I can't believe we haven't had Kate on before. Now this is this is really bad on my part. This is a total hey, whiff on is, my this part. Is, this is what we do. This is what we do. You know? <laughs> exactly. We, we represent the Bay at all times. You feel I me? I mean, and apparently enough people canceled today that I finally got a call. So. Nobody canceled. There was it zero cancellations. Only, only no. four cancellations, Kate. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe it was five or six. Wow. All right. So, Kate, you are much too young to have seen Back to the Future when it first came out. You were like one, I think. But do people, has anybody ever said Kate Scott to you in Doc Brown's voice? A few hundred times. Maybe okay. a few thousand times. But I love it. I love it every time. I just That's what I think about when I yeah. see you all the time. I just want to say Kate Scott. And also <laughs> a great movie. It's a great it was movie. a great movie. So the fact that people make that connection, I'm still waiting for those kicks, though. I would the, the ones right. that right self closed. Nice. Did we come out yes. with those a couple yes. years ago? Maybe I can try to work my way into it. They're like forty thousand. They're like twenty. Is they're that, like forty thousand bucks? Yeah. Is that yeah. right? The Air Nike Air Mag. I think that's what they're called. Yeah. They, wow. They're like a collector's item. They're not actually. Yeah. Right? Okay, well, it's gonna take a few more years. Dude, that you movie is there. like my. That's my childhood. That's like childhood's not. That's my young adulthood. That's when I first started to realize. Yeah. I was. I remember being in college when that movie came out, and it was like, man, this is great. It's the best time hey, of my life. I showed it to my daughter. I was like, you got these must watch. You gotta watch it. She was so bored to death. <laughs> was like, I was like, come on, man. How, this is like generational classic. How are you not feeling this? How is this not the greatest thing ever? She was like, yo, do I have to keep watching? I mean, she probably was too young at 11, but still, it was like, come on, man. I was watching it at 11. Mar Marty McFly? Come she on, man. Not, she was too young. Not feeling it. I think you need to run it back Marty. because I've talked to a couple of teenagers recently who have restored my faith in the next few generations in that they're watching a lot of 80s movies these days. Oh, they live on our childhood. This is what they do. In the 90s, Hip hop, yeah, yeah. rap, pop music, like that's the music that they say. They yeah, agree with okay. me when I just say right. the music these days sounds like noise. And that's nice for me to hear because it just made me feel old when I first thought that. But anyway. I can't rock I with think you. the problem was I recommended it. I think that was the problem. No, yeah. well, that was it. That was it. For sure. For sure. Well, I'm glad. Hey, that, can I ask uh, you a question? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Can I ask you nope. a question, Kate? You know, <laughs> we used to be, we used to be Oakland homies before you abandoned us for finer pastures, right? And, uh, I don't know if, if our listeners at Hoops and Jason know, but Kate is like a, a Bay Area legend out here. She's an icon. And I always wonder, it's, and I'm not just saying this to gas you uh, because you did abandon my city, but. Hold on. But Marcus knows this better than anyone. Marcus, didn't I work literally every position for every team in my yes. 20s in the Bay? I, no I had all resources, like no silent, you did it all, everything. So I, 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 just I was curious how, like, was it, was it as easy as it sounds to transition to like a new market, new team and new, 
voice. Like, you, I'm, I'm listening to this as like, you know, yo, why does it sound like you you did it for Iverson and Aaron McKee and them? Oh my gosh, like, you are totally <laughs> gassing me up right now, and I I will take all of it. I appreciate all of it. He's being nice because it was a few minutes late to the recording, and I appreciate that's you. I'm not, no, no, seriously though, no. I'm Kiss telling you, I've been I've been a Philly fan since Iverson. I'm like super into Philly. I've always followed Philly. I'm still waiting on Philly to get a championship. Like that's, it's coming. I love needling my cousin whenever they lose because he lives in Philly. Oh, so like listening, I was like, hey yo, look at my look at my homie out here. Like you really sound like you know what you was talking about. You like like you knew Philly. Like you were part of Philly. That. That was a crazy transition. I was Thank wondering you. what went into that. Thank you for saying that, because no, it was anything but easy. <laughs> I mean, you guys know, and I'm sure most of your listeners, taking over for Mark Zumoff, a, a legend, born and raised in Philly. Like, he was as Philly as they get. Born in North Philly, went to Temple, which is one of the 50 universities we have here in Philly. Right, right. Then, then was like sideline pre and post game before he was play by play. So he'd worked for the team for 40 years. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> here comes his gay chick from California. Like, what's up, Philly? Come on. What's up? <laughs> <What's up? laughs> <laughs> hey, but they know you was already, you was already town affiliated. You was already, you know what I'm saying? You was adopted into town. So you was all good. They didn't know what they was getting. He's like, hey, what's going on but i think i think the reason and i'm sure there's still plenty of people who want me to go back to california but it has been a a visible and wonderful shift that i've felt from a large portion of the fan base who the first six months were, were very vocal in telling me to get the hell out of their city <laughs> but i knew that that was going to be anybody who replaced mark um but the shift since then has been really cool that I just try to be, as I think my answer a few moments ago just uh, showed to the people who don't know me, I just try to be myself as much as I can, honest and vulnerable. And I think, and Marcus, you can attest to this maybe, like, I feel like there was a lot of Philly in me and I just didn't know that. Like, uh, yeah. people saw it as Oakland and Bay. You guys know, it's been really hard for me to get every step in my career, let alone to hear. So anytime people came at me, I was like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> and people here in Philly have started to see that as, oh, she, she's she got Philly in her. We like that. She's got some fight. She's got some grit. Yeah, that's um, right. Philly and, always likes, they always like the guys and the women that come that come back at them. Always, yeah. And always, I mean, always. I, I challenge them. I grew up in a very blue collar town in the middle of California. I didn't grow up in the Bay. Um, and I think I, I didn't tell anyone, like, you all have to accept me. I think that that could have been the worst thing that I did. I just knew I'm going to be me. I'm going to do the work. I know I'm going to get better and better each and every game. I'm going to keep doing podcasts, keep being myself, keep letting the fans see me and get to know me on their own time, on their own terms. Hopefully they come around, but if they don't, I will have done everything I can without telling them, like, you need to accept me because we know, like, like we were just talking about with your daughter, you need to like this movie. Yeah. Screw you, dad. I'm not going to like this movie. <laughs> no, it was anything. But I, I love being here and it feels like in some weird way I've, I'm, I was meant to end up here at this point in my life. So I love it. Can I ask you what it's like to do traffic? Cause I was, <laughs> I, I, that to me is like, that's like the worst job you could possibly have and still be in the industry. You know Look I mean? at David like, diving into the Kate Scott just, archives. 
Especially like the MacArthur Maze, you know what I'm saying? Uh, And and you know, so David's bringing this up because my first job after I graduated from the prestigious UC Berkeley with a a degree in communications, thinking I'm the next Aaron Andrews, like I'm going to be on ESPN at 22. I was a radio traffic producer. I wasn't even on air for the first couple of years, David. I was on the phone with Highway Patrol, like learning codes that I was never going to need again in my life. But it was... At this point, I've worked so many jobs for so many companies. It was a great way for me the first five years after I graduated to learn my voice and to learn how to multitask. Because when you're a traffic reporter, you're not just doing one station once an hour. I was doing five or six different stations and they all had time slots within 30 seconds of each other. So you're flipping dials. You're I'm Kate Scott on this. I'm Katie Cooper on the country station. I'm Sam Everett doing news. Like you're, you're flipping person. <laughs> Wait, you changed your name? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, they didn't want Kate Scott to be working on every station. So it was, it oh was really actually challenging, and uh, it was fascinating because a lot of DJs, a lot of radio stations were in transition at that time and were going away from having local DJs. So all of a sudden we hired all these DJs who had grown up loving and listening to, and I was training them as a 22 year old. And they were like, shit, this, this is so much harder than we ever thought. Oh, how are you doing all of this? You're having to bounce between different stations. We, we didn't know the reason you gave us the six minute windows because you had other stations. We thought you were just right. ours. Man, I'm sorry I was such an ass to you all those years. Like, so it was, <laughs> It was actually a great way to start in the industry. I had to pay really close attention to my voice. I started taking voice lessons. I had to learn to be quick on my feet because the DJs always wanted to interact with you. So it was just, it was a really great training actually. And now I can remember every single exit in the Bay Area and what city uh, they will take you to. Although the traffic patterns sadly have changed in my 20 years. So I'd still recommend the apps these days. I understand the Embarcadero is still just horrible to get to. (laughs) You're crawling towards the Bay Bridge. I can tell you that much, David. If you're leaving after two, you're going to be in it. You might yeah, just want to pull over, over, go to Perry's, have a beer. You don't get through it. You survive it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we got to talk to you about your squad, your, your 76ers. As I texted you this morning, I'm glad mm-hmm. they scrimmage last night. Okay. Against the Wizards. <laughs> oh, man. That was, that was rough, David. Oh, my God. They are awful. On the other hand, they still didn't give up a buck fifty-five like your Pacers did. <laughs> <laughs> wow! How yeah. do you give up a buck fifty-five in forty-eight minutes? That doesn't. Hey, shout out to the Pacers for going to get that back, though. They went and got one fifty. You know what I'm saying? Like that's how you right, bounce right, right. back, baby. <laughs> are, are we getting the one seventy-five this year in the NBA? Absolutely. Are we going to see that? Absolutely, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Is it going to? These scores are so far. Oh my god! This is insane. It's the first week of the season. Like, so defense is supposed to be ahead of offense this time of year, you know? Like, so let's talk about your Sixers as as the Harden trade finally recedes in the rearview mirror. Man, I actually think Maury did a good job salvaging it, um, considering he didn't have a lot of leverage. Yeah. Um, but you're still left with questions, I think it's fair to say. Um, the roster's deeper, but that doesn't always mean better. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it won't be better, but it we don't know that yet. So what's the you know, what's the immediate fallout and the ramifications, do you think, as the season progresses right now? Forget the playoffs for now, yeah. just the next few weeks and months. Yeah. Well, I think the first thing 
that we have to talk about. I was over at practice earlier today and reflected to a couple of people to just just see if they had witnessed it all and kind of felt the same things that I did. And what I said was, okay, I'm going on with David and Marcus today. And it it felt to me like there was almost two different realities where every day or every other day, all of us here in Philly were reading about all of this drama that was going on. But all of us here in Philly didn't feel any of that drama. It was almost like we were reading about something that we were a part of and was supposed to be happening, but it wasn't really. Right. And, and I mean that sincerely. I, I was here three years ago when the Ben stuff happened and that, that felt <laughs> very different. So credit to the players who I think grew from the experience of going through that a couple years ago. Huge credit to Nick Nurse and his new staff who have just done a fantastic job keeping it, as Tyrese Maxey said, keeping the main thing, the main thing. And that is, we got a new staff. We got these great players who are here and want to be here. How do we get each other up to speed on each other as quickly as possible? And then, as you said, credit to Daryl, credit to Elton, credit to everybody in that front office for, I think, realizing what they could potentially have this year in Philly and saying, okay, we don't have as much leverage. It'd probably be better if we waited to get better things or players, but I, th I think we need to turn this page right now and just give these guys as long of a runway to get going as possible. And like you said, I mean, while Al and I were calling the game last night, Nick Batum made him his debut for the Sixers. Rocco, Robert Covington back here in Philly. Marcus Morris, I've always been a huge fan of his. He's obviously from Philly. And then KJ Martin. I, I love the pieces we got. Now, I don't know uh, what they're going to produce, but I think that's the big thing that we have to start with, that it doesn't feel like this huge weight is is gone or the drama is over. It just feels like, sweet, okay, now, now we can really move on. They were already doing such a great job compartmentalizing, but now we know, and now it's time for Tyrese to go. It's time for Joel to go. Tobias has more space to grow this year. And then, like you said, we have all this depth. Kelly Oubre Jr. <laughs> I mean, Marcus and I have the Warriors a couple years ago, but... We're six games in, so this is obviously too early to know, but six games in, he's the steal of the offseason. <laughs> um, and I think the big thing to me, having covered the Warriors for so many years while they were winning the championships with Marcus in the Bay Area, I came to see that there is superstar players and then there is great fit and puzzle pieces who work around those superstar players. And they can look different every single year. Right. Some years they're going to look like a Sean Livingston. Some years it's going to be an Andrew Bogut. Some years it's going to be um, Otto Porter. Um, but the fit is, again, another feeling. And so far this season, again, just year three, and then I'll lay out and let you guys get in after this. But this is the best feeling and fit around a team as far as the Sixers are concerned in my three years here. They seem to be having a fantastic time with each other. They're obviously still learning Nick's system on both sides of the ball, but I love the movement. <laughs> Everybody's involved. The energy right. is high, not just in games, but in the practice. They just go in practice. Practices are short. They're quick. They're tight. And the guys are having a blast the whole time, it seems like. So uh, So I'm really excited. And I wish the best for James, too, because uh, I wasn't sure what we were going to get when he landed in Philly a year and a half ago. But he was fantastic to me and everyone I've spoken to. So I wish him the best in LA, but I think this is actually a great place for the Sixers to be in as well. Well, one of the reasons uh, I think so, this is my outside 
perspective, it feels like uh, the players who those complimentary players are mature, mm-hmm. they're veterans, they've been yeah. through some things. Yeah. It kind of helps. And, and to me, like the star of that, I'm not. I'm not falling for the Kelly Oubre banana in the tailpipe yet. He already. He already got me one. I know. Like, I, agree. I agree. He looked, I agree. He looks incredible. I'm, I'm but, not either. Like, but, <laughs> but to me, like one of the, the player who kind of embodies that is DeAnthony Melton. I thought mm-hmm. he was a, a huge piece. I can't yeah. believe Memphis gave up on him back mm-hmm. back in the day. But uh, he's obviously not shooting the ball great. But. You know, what Philly has always needed is to not sacrifice offense for defense or vice versa. Uh, mm-hmm. how, how critical is a guy who can go out there, you know, guard, make some shots, create some stuff off the dribble? He might get a little bit over his head sometimes, but he feels like the perfect middle between the star and the back of the bench. Oh, I'm so it's like you guys know basketball. I'm so glad you brought up Dmel because I was I was <laughs> just talking about him this morning too. I mean, not only is he one of my favorite dudes on the team because just just such a light about him and he is that glue guy with way more talent than a glue guy usually has. He yeah, yeah. he truly does not care about individual accolades. If he scores 33 like he did against the Lakers last year, goes off for a career high, great. If he scores two points, has two blocks, three steals, but he shuts down the the other two best dudes on the other team, he's happy. Like, he does not care about any of that. He wants to play basketball. He loves basketball. He's really good friends with Tyrese Maxey. He fits so well. And on the note that you were just saying about the offense, like, I loved P.J. Tucker. I'm sad that he was a part of that trade. He's such a fun, great dude. But his offense now isn't what it was, even four or five years ago, right? So guys could sag off and and challenge him to shoot that three. Look at the Sixers starting five right now. And I don't know if it's going to look like this even next week, but Joel Embiid, <laughs> Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris. Okay, I'm probably not letting any of those guys shoot. So who are the other two dudes on the floor? Well, Kelly Oubre, who's off to a scorching hot start, granted. We don't know if that stays. Okay, let's not guard DeAnthony Melton. Well, they didn't do that last night because DeAnthony hasn't been playing that well. Well, he dropped 14 in the first half and was four or five from three. So, like, where's the missing piece in the starting lineup? It doesn't exist anymore. So I'm right there with you, Marcus. I think he is a perfect fit. I thought that was the steal of the draft two years ago when Maury flipped a pick and D- Danny Green to Memphis. I had no idea what they were thinking, but I said, thank you very much. And I hope that he's here for a really long time because he is willing to do whatever. If you need me to shoot more and score more tonight, I will do that. If you need me to not get anything on the stat sheet, but just do my best to frustrate and shut down a couple of the dudes on the other team. Okay. His assist numbers are up. He's averaging a career high in assists so far through, again, just six games. But so he knows, okay, I'm going to get other guys involved. My shot isn't falling. I'm going to do whatever I can to help Joel and Tyrese keep going. So yeah, he is a huge piece of this puzzle if it continues to fit together and, and look as good as it has through these first six games. I am very curious about Maxi because I think he is, I don't know how it's possible that he could be underrated still, but it feels yeah. like that to me. Like yeah. these people still don't realize how yeah. good this kid is. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I, mean, I know that's playing off of Joel. I get it. But still this dude is this dude. Now he is yeah. not, you know what I mean? And so I was, how is Nick, 
how is Nick thinking about utilizing him? How is he, what's different about how they're going to get him the ball and where they're going to get him the ball this year that'll allow him to kind of max out with who he is. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like the max out there with the Tyrese Maxi. but yes, I think he's in the hall of fame for a reason. That was was by accident. That was happy. Left and right. David Aldridge. Um, (laughs) I think you're right. I think people have not paid as much attention to him as maybe they should, but because of Joel, because James Harden, because Ben, like there's been a lot of becauses. And now I don't think the James leaving and this opportunity opening as wide as it has for Tyrese could have come at a better time. This is year four for him. And I just kind of compare it to school, right? You come in as a freshman, you're not getting as much playing time, even though you're on varsity, even though you know in your head that you're as good as these guys, but you don't want to step on people's feet, right? Then sophomore year comes around, is Ben here? Is he not here? Am I the point guard? Am I not the point guard? Okay, I am. Oh, but now James Harden, a guy who I've been playing on 2K since I was 10 years old is here. This is freaking incredible. Okay, now how do I how do I manage this situation? I don't want to step on toes. And now James is gone. Tyrese, go. This is your team, Tyrese, go. So he's the senior now. He has a chance to be the varsity star. Um, and he trained all off season knowing that this was probably going to happen. He and Joel spent a lot of time training together this off season. Um, and it's been really cool again, very early in the relationship to, but to watch Tyrese and Nick nurse and the rest of the, uh, coaches on Nick's staff challenge Tyrese and then step back and, and kind of watch him do his thing, right? Not, not give him all the answers. Say, we trust you and we have the confidence in you. We want to see what answer you come up with in this situation. And his dad, Tyrone, was a point guard at Washington State back in the day. And Tyrese has said that that was how his dad trained him. He, was, he would give him some of the answers, but not all of them, because he wanted him to think on his own like he's going to have to during games. So I think that the opportunity presenting itself this season with the space that James departure has created. I think with Nick nurse coming in and the kind of coach he is granted, he was a a point guard way back in the day, but you know, when you're a point guard, you're always a point guard, regardless of what school or team he played for. And I think Tyrese has the confidence. He now knows that he has Joel's respect. He has, stood up to Joel at a couple of practices, which has been great for me to see because that shows me, okay, he knows that he's ready to lead. And Joel freaking loves the kid. That's another thing. <laughs> when your MVP of not just your team, but the NBA deems another guy, the franchise, like that's Joel's nickname for Tyrese, the franchise. Joel's the process, Tyrese is the franchise. When you know that your big fella trusts you that way, then you feel free to not just play the way you want to play, but to finally be the vocal leader that you've been waiting to be. So so I expect what we've seen from Tyrese in these first few games to just continue climbing because one of the hardest workers loves being challenged, which we know not every kid these days does. And Tyrese just turned 23, uh, but he was coached hard growing up and he likes being coached hard. He loves the guys who are playing around him. And as we've mentioned already, there's so many great veterans around him now, like Pat Bev. <laughs> I told Pat the first time I met him on media day, dude, I hated you at every stop. You've been <laughs> at, but I'm so freaking happy. You're a sixer. I feel like you're going to fit. You probably perfect. love that too. Yeah. He, he just started cracking up. Right. He's oh, like, yeah. I'm always, I'm always that guy, but him, Tobias is a veteran. Tobias is 31, you know, and Batum Covington. I mean, there's so many guys now who, as you said, have been through it, who, just they just want to win 
at this point. And they're uber professional about how they go about their business on and off the court. So I'm excited to see how all of that helps Tyrese just take it to another level this year. I mean, his usage rate is stupid low. Like it's stupid <laughs> low. <laughs> like, yep. like he's got all due respect. His usage rate is lower than Franz Wagner's usage rate. Oh, wow. just, that just shouldn't be. <laughs> well, and that's why Nick, I mean, that was the thing. Tyrese has already gone off for, so he, I was blown away by this. So he has three double-doubles in our first six games. Two of those are the back-to-back point assist double-doubles. He's had a career high in assists last night, thanks in part to Joel going off for 48. Um, But he he now has four double-doubles in his career. Three of them have come this year. And after games, Nick Nurse has said, yeah, I've told Tyrese I want him to be 25% more aggressive. Like he's deferring too much. I just, I want him to keep going because all of us who've even seen a quarter of him play, he has unmatched speed, unmatched change of pace, but he does it in such a freaky way that he's under control. Like he will blow past you and then almost Matrix-esque stop all of his momentum. I'm sure there's a, a newer movie that I should be referring to, but that's the one that all of us old heads remember. Nah, that's the best one. That's the best <laughs> one. <laughs> no, that's a, everybody understands what you're saying. Just <laughs> Neo to the hoop and then time stands still and he lays it up and in, right? We, we see plenty of... <laughs> I could go fast and then I'd throw the ball off the backboard and it would bounce all the way back to mid court. But Tyrese just has such great body control. Um, so yeah, I don't know how I got on that, but I obviously love the kids. So you, you love the matrix. That's cause you know, real <laughs> G. Uh, cool. I'm, I'm curious. Uh, Joel is probably top five. Most looking like he's hurt on the court. Like as the, <laughs> as the Brock, <laughs> As a broadcaster, does he still get you? Are you still like, oh my, is he all right? Is he, like, oh, do the he's thing? out for the year. Oh, Where no, he's walking out. He's good. <laughs> like, every he's time I watch him, the the line. he's going to shoot too. Or, oh, or is he like now? Is he the boy who cried wolf now? You're like, man, get up. You ain't hurt. Like, cut it out. <laughs> he does. Our, our big fella does have a little bit of a flair for the dramatic, I will say. Um, and it did take, there was a learning curve for me in year one when, like you said, oh, God, he's done for the year. Oh, oh, no. He's a, he actually has 12 more points in him the next four minutes in this quarter. But I thought right, that's the thing he'll do. He'll do that. He's like, oh, I can't get up. Oh, I'm hurt. Oh, did I make seven straight? <laughs> no, but there, I think there's a little, you know, he loves being a showman. Just the same way that Steph loves being a showman in the Bay. Joel loves being a showman. And also, we, we hear this in other sports, I think, more than basketball. But learning how to fall, especially when you are – a massive human. A giant, yeah. <laughs> right? Like the whole talk this offseason was Tua doing, what was it, like jujitsu or taekwondo and like yeah, learning jiu-jitsu. how to fall when he was sacked. And I've talked to trainers and people who work with Joel and and some of it, even though it looks ridiculous to us, it's so he doesn't hurt himself that he kind of flings himself at times so that he lands in a way that he's not going to hurt himself. But I'm with you. It, t- it took me a while to come around to that. She, D- DA, she ain't falling for the banana tailpipe no more. She over there like, you know, <laughs> Oh, dear. Oh, Allah. I'm not sure what we have. Oh, actually, Joel's headed to the free throw line. No, he's false alarm. <laughs> he is one of the tops of the league. I'm telling you, two times a game. It looked like, oh, that's it. Here he goes. <laughs> he's done. He's done. All right, so so you mentioned nurse, and I, I'll, I'm not going to put you on the spot. You can, you're a grown up; you can answer this any way you want. But yeah. Nick almost killed for Van Vliet playing him all their minutes <laughs> the last couple of years. 
you gotta you gotta slow it down a little bit with my man Maxi or whoever's on the ball because you can't be playing him 39 minutes a game. <laughs> Like well, he did for FBV. Maxie, you might can, though. You might can yeah, with Maxie. Yes, that dude yes, is like, yes. he's like 11. He's like an 11 yeah, year old. Yeah, like hopped was up like on. limping and shit. Oh, go back out yeah. there, son. <laughs> you good. Yeah. Tyrese <laughs> Maxie is like hopped up on Sour Patch Kids and stuff. He can go all day. Like, he's good. <laughs> Although he was joking with us after the broadcast the other day. He's like, you guys, I'm old. I'm going to be 23 this Saturday. And that was last weekend. And we just gave it back to him on air. We were like, oh, listen, that's young man. That's so insane. Exactly. But, uh, but but that's one of the interesting things, Dave, to me, because all of us who pay attention to the NBA knew how, how much Nick played his starters, or at least his first, you know, six, seven, eight guys. He hasn't had to do that yet this year. Like Joel, Joel hasn't played the fourth quarter two of the last three games and three of the last four. That is the way that this team can be successful this year if they can right. continue making the proper changes at halftime to make that third quarter. I'm sorry I keep coming back to him, but I covered him for a decade with Marcus. The Warriors, that was how they killed everybody. They'd come out of the locker room. Everybody knew the Warriors were going to just kick him in the face in the third quarter. And then Steph was going to get to sit the entire fourth quarter. And it doesn't seem like a big deal when you only do it for three or four games. But when you're doing it for 50 of the 82 or whatever it is, that's how you have deep runs into the postseason. So that's been... One of the exciting things about, again, the very start of this season, but that there is so many guys that Nick hat has at his disposal. I mean, Daniel House Jr. was one of the first couple of subs first couple of games. Okay, then he rotated that to Furkan Korkmaz. Okay, and then last night, oh, we have these new guys from L.A. Nico Batum, come on in. Oh, Nick scores 11 points in his first, like, five minutes as a sixer. Is that going to continue? Who knows? But there's just so many options um, that hopefully that won't be a thing because I do think that that catches up to guys when they get to the postseason if they're not 23 years old and hopped up on sour hey, leave, leave, leave James Hart alone. He in LA already. He's at the spot. He's at the spot. You know, is there, you were talking earlier about uh, like the vibe in Philly and how it didn't match like the national sentiment. Yeah. I'm curious in there. You know, out here, we're like, yeah, man, go ahead and win your 55 games, 60 games. It doesn't matter. Like, we want to see what you do in the playoffs, yeah. make the Eastern Conference final. Is that, do you get the sense that there's that kind of hovering, unfinished business with this team? Like, uh, it's all yeah. about that and less about the, okay, I'm just making sure. This franchise since 2001. Not that every single person I've met in the last three years, Marcus, has reminded me of that. But yeah, especially. I felt like last year was MVP talk and a lot of that stuff, but it feels like that's dead. Like, it's like nobody's paying attention to this. Yeah. That's what it feels like out here. Yeah, because he got it. And and that's really, especially with the offseason moves that Milwaukee and Boston made. Um it's been great that the Sixers have started this way because I think that a lot of Philly fans, because most sports fans here in Philly are fans of all of Philly sports, which is awesome. One of the many reasons I love being here. But the Phillies made it to the World Series two years ago. They were so close to doing it again, right? Birds are one of the best teams in the NFL right now, the Eagles. The Union are really deep in the MLS playoffs again. Like Everybody is good right now. So... Everybody was hating on the Sixers this offseason. Okay, you got to show us. Until you guys get past the second round of the playoffs, we don't care about your new coach. We don't care about your MVP award. So the fact that they have started this season with such a fun, joyous energy, 
all of a sudden, a lot of those people, because <laughs> you know me, Marcus, I keep receipts. I may not respond to people, but I'm always keeping track of who's saying what, where. And very quickly, those people have said, damn it. Okay. They've hooked me again. I'm in. I love the spirit and energy of this team. I don't know if they can do it, but I'm ready to get my heart broken again, because that is truly what it comes down to. All people here in Philly care about get to the Eastern Conference Finals for the first time since Iverson, get past the Eastern Conference Finals, bring that first chip in 41 years. Like that is it. We got one in 2017 with Nick Foles and, <laughs> and the Eagles, but now, now we're ready for our Sixers to do it. So yeah, that is all they care about. They also love being entertained and they love falling yeah. in love with their guys and cheering for guys who feel like Philly guys, which it feels like this team has a lot of Philly guys on it this year. So, Okay, I, I've, I felt being Philly adjacent because I used to work there. So I know yeah. what it's like there. It just seemed to me like the last three or four years, they – it was hard for them to fully embrace it because they didn't like Ben. Yeah. They didn't really like James all that much. Yeah. And they hated Doc. <laughs> they just hated Doc. I don't hate Doc, but they hated Doc. Okay. Yeah. They just didn't believe in him for whatever reason. Yeah. And I just think there's a different, it seems like there's a different vibe because everybody loves Joel and yeah. Joel's the one that matters and he's still here. Right. Yeah. So, um, so maybe that's why all the oars seem to be pulling in a different direction amongst the fandom this year. Cause I just think the guys that they didn't like are all gone now. Yeah. I, I think there's, I think there's so much truth to that, David. And I think this doesn't ring true in every sports town, but I, I think that it does here in Philly. Like we like cheering for guys who feel like Philly and who, who are going to dive into the front row and for lose sure. their two front teeth in game seven of the season against the Washington Wizards. Like that is a guy we love. I was really hoping because I remember Kelly in Golden State a couple years ago and I love his flair and I love his showmanship, but I remember he just couldn't hit a shot for a long yeah. time in Golden State. So everybody was kind of just meh. So I hoped that he got off to a really good start and he has. So Philly already is like, we like this dude. He had a great chase down block last night. He wasn't hitting last night, but he he just ran back on defense. Huge chase down block. And Philly was like, that, that's our dude. That's one of our guys. They love Pat Bev, obviously. Of so course. Of course. They love cheering for, for guys who are going all out, who are playing as hard as they can, like D'Anthony Melton. They love Tyrese Maxey. This city is head over heels for him. And people are really excited about Nick Nurse because, yeah, it was weird. I mean, Doc was here the year before I got here, David, so I never understood it. But every single post, it didn't matter if hate it was him. the team. Fire Doc. Hashtag Fire yeah. Doc. They just hated yeah. him. Maybe it was the Celtics ties. So, Yeah, the, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I don't Ooh, know. Good call. Good call. I think that's it. I think that's With something Nick And just so focused. Um, and I think there's a lot of respect because Nick got that championship, obviously because he coached a team past the Sixers. So I think Philly has that also like, all right, we want to hate you, but respect because you went all the way and won that championship. And that's what we want. So we're glad you're here now. Is there uh, or, you know, you're a basketball nut, so I'm sure you watch the rest of the league. Who, who's the, who scares the Sixers fans the most? Is it the, the, the Milwaukee squad that added Damian Lillard or is it the Celtics that added Drew Holiday? It's Boston. It's the Celtics. Yeah. I'm really excited that we see the Celtics tomorrow night. We see them twice yes. in the next week. So tomorrow night, Wednesday, November 8th, 7 o'clock on NBC Sports Philadelphia. I'm so excited. I won't, I won't <laughs> and you see them coming off a loss, too, by the way. Uh, right, right, right. right. Yeah. But I mean, they're going to be great regardless. But 
Um, I mean, anybody who's watched basketball ever, Sixers, Celtics, that's that's one mm. of the top. So to get this here and then a week and then get them again here in Philly, unfortunately, that's a national exclusive. But just it feels like a couple of great barometer games early in the season. And Nick and Tobias were asked about that after practice this morning. And this is what I love too. This is this is Philly. You don't get to beat around the bush. Like Philly wants you to say, yeah, this is a big game. And we're excited about it. Like Nick talked about how he had a Dr. J poster on his wall for a number of years growing up. And I said, I said, Nick, that was the right name to throw out, even if that wasn't the dude you had on your wall. Right. Well played, he had, Coach. He had 1,000% Cornbread Maxwell. He lying. I'm calling he had it Steve on. Mix on his wall, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, then, and then Tobias Harris said, you know, this is this is great early season because, yes, they've won five in a row. Yes, they're five and one. Are they good? Has it been the schedule? I think you could probably say it's been a little bit of both, right? Got the Suns down everybody, but Kevin Durant on Saturday, matinee, time change. Okay, Toronto. They've got a new coach since Nick is here now. Obviously, they're I, they're figuring things out. Washington, sorry, they're a dumpster fire. I don't know what that was last night, but good luck this season. So, you know, I think they've been good, but I think this is a great, as Tobias and Nick said after practice, like you want to be challenged. You want to see your attention to detail and your efficiency and your intensity. And when you play a team like the Celtics, who I think we can all agree right now are one of one of two, one of the three best teams in the NBA, um, that that gives you a great great learning tape. Where do we stack up against them? And also, we hate their guts because they knocked us out of the playoffs last year. We've hated them for decades. We freaking hate Boston. Generations, here yeah. So let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was curious about that. Like, uh, you know, as a, as a Cali as a Cali woman, yeah, uh, you got to experience like. Philly life last year. I mean, game five or game four, game oh, five, right? Just yeah, all epic, of it. All of just it. Yes. Eat all of it. it. <laughs> and then a lose game six or seven. Like, well, did you oh. feel it? Was it in your bones? Like, yeah. and, and how did you, and how did your wife handle that experience? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh man. <my>. That's, that's <laughs> she loves it. First of all, Marcus, I thought she was going to divorce me when I got this job because she was Bay Area born and raised. And I was like, yes, I know. That's what I'm saying. It's a job of a lifetime moving her to Philly. It's, it's right. been a great 15 right. years together, babe. See ya. Um, uh. she, she loves it out here too because of the past she's a huge sports fan too so just loving the passion but <laughs> i joked with fans after last season and how it ended that i'm now a, a true uh philly person because i've had my heart absolutely shattered That's a baptism Kate, like I, I, all right i get it <laughs> i had my heart broken by a lot of my cali teams that i grew up cheering for right. but i was in man and i mean we were Four minutes away, you guys. If Tatum doesn't, uh, no, <laughs> I know we don't want to go back. To, and I still, I still think the Sixers would have been a better matchup for the Miami Heat. I think if right. I thought, I thought whoever won that Sixers Celtics series was making it all the way to the finals. And <sighs> anyway, and so yes, yeah, I, I freaking hate Boston already. Like, <laughs> just crying, yeah. and I hope we kill him tomorrow night. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> I, I was riding artist. with the Cole. I'm like, all right, come on, man. You gotta. This is a this is a heart that needs mending. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, but to bring it back, bring it back to what you said. Boston is the team, and again, this is just me. Yeah. It's not other people, but um, Milwaukee 
I mean, I think Dame is incredible. I think Giannis incredible, but they'll figure I mean, it out. Just not think, right now. I think they will, but I think Drew Holiday was a bigger piece of that team mm-hmm. than I think anybody wants to let yes. on. And yes. also, they, yes. again, it's still early for everybody, but they are now reminding me of the Sixers team that I called last year, where it's like you've got Dame and Giannis on the floor, and the other three dudes are kind of just standing around and watching. Right, my and turn, your turn. Yeah, that yeah. Gets, yeah. It gets hard for the other guys, yeah. no matter yeah. how much you love those two great superstars, no matter how much you love the city, no matter how much you're winning, like it still gets hard. And I think that's one of the reasons the Sixers are off to such a great start. They're cutting, there's movement, everybody's involved, everybody's touching the basketball. Okay, you're scoring 10 in this quarter. Okay, now this guy's scoring 10. Okay, like every, it's a team, it's a team this year in Philly, so. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. We could do this forever, but you're a busy I'm person. Excited, you guys. Let's call some on your time. I know. I can't wait. I'm actually going to be there tomorrow night, but you're going to oh. be busy. So <laughs> I will I'll, be there. I'll say hi to you. I'll say hi to you. You can say you. hi. Marcus, you coming say out? Hi. You flying out? Marcus. No, I'm good. Now, <laughs> now right, why'd, you just, why'd, you, why'd you just shut it down like that, Marcus? Just like, no, she wanted to see man, you. I, I, I'm like, too no. attached. Wouldn't that be something though, Marcus? Wouldn't that be something? And we've seen it in every sport since the beginning of time. Who's everybody talking about right now? The Bucks and the Celtics. Let them keep talking. Let yeah. them keep it always happens that way. Yep. Yep. Let them yeah, keep talking. The vibes are great here in Philly. The vibes are great. Love the moves they made in the offseason and the last couple of weeks. So really happy to be here in Philly and excited about this team. And looking forward to the next week plus. Two, two against the Celtics. Got the Hawks, got our first in-season tournament game. How fun were those last week? And I'm not getting oh. paid, unfortunately, by Adam Silver. I was pleasantly yeah. surprised. So we're in Detroit on Friday. The only thing that's killing me is them courts, man. I got to like, I'm gonna I gotta go wear some shades while I'm watching the game. Dude, like, I think the, it's worse it's so on bright. TV. It is. It's, it's so easy. hard, yeah. I know. I'm like, yo, this is killing my eyes here. This is crazy. <laughs> what are we talking about? Yeah. The the only bad press is an obituary. It's, We're talking about no, the court. That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, that's the end of the press. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Kate Scott, the fabulous Kate Scott. Thank you for <laughs> gracing our little show with your big presence. It is awesome oh, to have you. Thanks and for having me, guys. Anytime we'll be back talking to you through the season, I'm sure. And you can rag on Marcus some more, and we love it because he does. Wait, is Piper with you? <laughs> She's locked out. Okay. He's talking about right. my rescue pity. I told her, "Mom, mom's got to do a pod. You stay quiet out there. You might get a treat." You know what? Rescue. We don't yeah. mind. We don't mind noise. We don't mind animals and children. That's okay as long <laughs> as they're clothed. That's all. That makes me of you. I mind children all the time. Animals. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Hey, love you both. Thank you. Thank you for having right. me on. Thank you. Thank, you. thank you. Thank you. All right, leave that five star review on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get this fine American podcast. Marcus, if they can't leave five stars, what do you need to do? Keep it to yourself, you haters. We're going to sing Piper on you. We have Kate sing Piper we're, on you. We're going to make you do traffic in Minneapolis. Yeah, do traffic in the morning. Yeah, and, and Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> traffic in Atlanta. Yeah, that's You're headed out to Buckhead right now. You better watch out. There's a dead deer. <laughs> <here. laughs> that's it. We're out. We're out. Peace out. <laughs>